Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back. You know what? I'm going to intro it again because for some reason, StreamYard lags for like the first 10 seconds. So we'll just, we'll just give it like five more seconds. And then I'll... Yo, you know what's crazy? Yeah. I was going to wear a white shirt as well. SubhanAllah, bro. The three yeah. white. <laughs> nah. All right, let's go. Yo, yo, bump it. Let, let me put on a white shirt. Dom, you got a white shirt as well, bro. Yeah, I got a white shirt. I'm, just, uh, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm nah. playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's begin. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Three Muslims podcast, the realest podcast in the dunya. We got here, brother Dom from California. Dom, how are you doing, bro? Good. How are you doing? Good, man. So, Rami and Anha, you're probably wondering who brother Dom is, and so are probably a lot of the viewers. What they don't know is Dom just became Muslim about two days ago. Dom, how do you feel now? I feel great. I feel... Um... Like I was telling you the other day, I just feel like a whole lot more like warmer, uh, just like a, a lot more uh, confident in my future and my relationship with Allah. And uh, I'm just ready to start this new journey and see where it takes me. Let's go. MashaAllah, bro. So just to quickly give a recap to the viewers, right? I get a DM from you. And by, guys, by the way, me, Rami and Anha, we've been doing this YouTube thing for almost two years now. So, you know, we get DMs from people that are interested in Islam. They have questions. We do our best to answer these questions. Hit us up on Instagram at the three Muslims. However, 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 I've never gotten a DM as sincerely, or maybe at least it's been a while, as I've gotten from Dom. He was very sincere. Dom, without kind of going too much into it, do you want to give me a little bit for the viewers into why you DM me in the first place and what the intention was? Uh, yeah, I've just been, like, kind of in, like, a dark spot, uh... For a while now, uh, I've just been wanting to escape some vices and uh, just looking for something to bring my attention to, uh, looking for the truth, really. And uh, you guys have been giving it to me, so. MashaAllah. <laughs> Sounds good, bro. Habibi. But I want you to go a little bit more into details. And, and before we go really, you know, too much into your story, I remember, you know, you were talking about some of the things in your past. We can go into some of the things that you're comfortable with. Again, you don't have to share anything you don't want to share. Um, because once, you know, we did the Shahada, I remember that I was asking you that, you know, when we talk about the next steps into like, okay, what do we do now? You know, because remember once we became Muslim, that's not it. Right. It doesn't stop there. It's the first step in the ladder, but it's a ladder. Right. So we got to keep climbing it and do our best. But once we do it now, there's a lot of things we got to learn, like how to pray, how to fast, you know, the names of Allah, all these things. And I thought, why not we do it with us? You know, Rami's a little specialist in that, mashallah. He can go over some of the basics. And, uh, you know, I think that it'll be more beneficial that a lot more people get to tune into that. And that's why I asked you if, if you don't mind us, you know, doing this on a stream. And you were down with it, bro. You said it's an intention to help people out. So that's what we're going to do. So let's rewind a little bit. Um, tell us about your journey with God. You were born Christian and... You know, where you even ended up being curious about Islam? So, uh, I was, like, always raised Christian, like, straight from birth. Uh, my dad, he uh, just rose me and my brother up in, you know, the Christian church. Uh, so, just, you know, grew up learning all the Bible stories, that kind of thing. And I guess, like, when you're a kid, like, you always have kind of, like, that natural, like, curiosity or like wanting to question things you see me so it's like i've always had, had that natural like well you know why is this this way why is that that way why is you know this how it is and so like whenever i was 
getting into the Bible, I would always, you know, just question every little bit. And, like, I was always kind of, like, questioning myself and, like, really, I guess, questioning God. It was, like, a lot of it just didn't make sense to me. I guess it did in some aspects. But, like, when you compare it to, like, um, like, what you guys, like, with, uh, you guys have been telling me and stuff, um, it just makes a whole lot more sense. Everything clicks. Everything is, like, almost crystal clear. So, uh, a few years ago, um, I read, I think it was, like, 10th grade. It was, it was right before uh, I left school. Um, our English teacher, he had us read uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X. And that's where I first learned about, like, Islam and the Nation of Islam and stuff. And then I started learning about, you know, like the nation of Islam's kind of harmful ideologies and that kind of thing. So uh, I started like looking more onto just more Islam as the as a basic religion as a whole. And like I just really agreed like with what they were saying. Uh, like I was telling uh, Fayad, like the the respect uh, like on God is just amazing. Like you come to America, like a country. Uh, predominantly built on you know christian values christian morals that kind of thing it's like those morals they they disappear it's uh you know over the past few years it's like this country has just gone down gone down gone down strung further away from what we're supposed to be believing but then like i was telling them uh you go to the middle east everyone's still you know doing the thing everyone's following and doing what they're supposed to be doing, what it says right there in the book. Nobody's trying to change any rules or say, oh, well, you know, that's society nowadays. You know, that that's what it is. It's okay now. You know, it's a different time. Nah, God made these rules for a reason. You guys follow that to a T. There's just always been respect on what God said and what God's word is. And I think that's really the right way to go. It's not what we feel should be right and wrong. And what God said was right or wrong or whatever it's what he said where he goes and you guys follow that mm. like, so that's the part yeah. that really made it like click like mm. why like why are christians like trying to like change stuff you feel me mm. and it's like it's it's like that's another thing that like led me into is like researching the bible it's like there's so there's been so much that's changed uh, mm. like, like even just looking into like the apocryphal, the apocryphal books, like the like the missing books of the Bible and things like that, the things like you know the Catholics removed and you know said you shouldn't be part of the word or whatever. It's like you never even know what the true word was, like you know what God really said, and it's been translated and uh, misconstrued so many times over. It's like we don't even know what we're reading at this point. Hmm. That's facts, bro. I agree. Anho, bro, you, you came from Christianity as well, bro, or Catholicism. So, you know, do you agree with some of the things? Was your journey kind of similar? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you had this experience, Don, but anytime that you had a question about something and you asked, let's say, the pastor or anyone else that was a, a Christian or just a believer, right, they, they oh. said... It's it's like they will almost condemn you for asking questions. Yeah. Now, I remember uh, one time I could I was specifically uh, it was like when I first started looking into Islam, I had asked a, like a preacher about it. And he told me uh, 
like oh I shouldn't I shouldn't think that way and that uh Islam was a, a dangerous religion because they believe um that you can get to heaven based on deeds rather than uh believing in Jesus and like when he said that like I'm thinking in my head like that doesn't make any sense at all as I, I get I go to heaven based off just believing in something rather than how I acted and how I was as a person. That doesn't make mm -hmm. any type of sense at all. <laughs> yeah. Bro, it's crazy too that in Islam, like the more you get into it, the more you see it's not even your deeds that gets you into heaven. It's it's ultimately like Allah is God, bro. It's, right. That's what decides if you're going to get to heaven or not. You could, bro, you could be the best person in this world. You could do everything perfectly. And then Allah could still send you to hell. I think there was, um, please, Rami, it, jump in if if I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to try my best, inshallah. Uh -huh, bismillah. Uh, bismillah, bro. I'm like, I should be known as the dude who's just like butchering every single Hadith story and all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> nah, nah, astaghfirullah. But, bro, so there's this one story of this um, one companion, right? And he, I think it was like, he had basically he, he passed and you know he's he asked um actually bro Rami please go ahead now I'm gonna butcher the hell out of this song. It's the one where the companion is asked like oh if um I did all these good deeds like Allah like I don't want to go to Jannah based on your mercy I just I want you to go I want I want to go to Jannah based on my good deeds. Mm. Like like so yeah I don't remember the full story but I remember kind of like the crux of it. So. I don't know how it led up to this point, but basically the prophet, peace be upon him, he told the companions that nobody gets to heaven on account of their good deeds, you know, in and of themselves. And the companions were like, not even you, like not even the prophet of God, not even the messenger of Allah. Mm. He's like, not even me. No one gets to heaven by their own deeds except by the mercy of Allah. So what our good deeds and our intentions do is they basically prove to us, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already knows, but it proves mm. to us and it's displayed for us to show that based on these things, Allah is going to grant us his mercy. Mm. Because something like Jannah is not something that you can work towards. not something that can be, you know, like Christians like to argue against them, bought with good deeds. It's not bought with good deeds. It's basically showing that we've done more good than evil in our life, or we've been forgiven from uh, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have such good intentions that Allah is looking at this person saying, this servant of mine deserves my mercy. You know, mm. and actually, maybe we could talk about it later. But the, the, the term ar-Rahim, the most merciful, actually has a very specific meaning when it comes to mercy. Do you guys want to talk about it now or do you want to hold it for later? No, on? we can we can hold it till the till a little later because we right. do want to go back to the story. But I want you to finish your point too, Rami. The story. Okay. All right. Bismillah. Let's go back to it. But Dom, so so carry on with your story, bro. I know I know the viewers are just they're just edging, bro. All right, so yeah, I started uh, looking into uh, Islam and stuff like that, uh, just really looking for truth. Um, at the same time, I'm, like, heavily dealing with, um, you know, seeing um, mainly just uh, pornography, sex. Uh, that was just my, my vice, uh, just constantly running back to that. And uh, that was just, like, my hook. I just need, I always needed to be having, you know, a, a girl with me or, you know, my phone. I'm, I'm, it's either or I can't, I can't go without one. So, uh, it was really like, 
it's like living in a rat race, bro. It's like that's all your mind thinks about, and it it, it gets so tiring. It's like you want to escape from that. You want to you want to do something else with your life, but it just keeps calling you back and keep calling you back, and you don't know where to go. So it's like that's when I really started in the past, like couple of years that's when I really started doing like some soul searching and like really trying to find God and like reconnect because it's like I'm really just trying to escape that uh that dark place mm. yeah. got you got you and when you when we got on that phone call between me and you that night I remember asking you too I asked you how long have you been looking into Islam you know and what you told me it wasn't a recent thing it, it's been kind of for a while right it's been a process um months to even years bro you've been looking into it. and by the way you said you were 20 now right yeah yeah bro i was telling you dom on the phone too i was like i don't know what it is about being around age 20 a lot of people that we deal with that come to us that are looking for time maybe have it's like around the ages of 20 and after the age of 20 you know it's like something just happens and we all come back to islam but in those stages in the last few weeks or months right did you do anything yourself? you pray to god did you did you you know make dua? I taught I, I taught you what dua meant, right? Speaking something from Allah, speaking with Allah, asking Allah. Did you do anything like that by yourself? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been actually praying a lot more, uh, trying to at least. Uh, I downloaded like the app. Uh, I think it's called like a thon. Okay. Uh, with like the prayer times, so I've been trying to that, I've been trying to hit those uh, since we talked. I've been trying to hit those. I hit a few of them, but uh, Bro, yeah, listen. I've been just trying to uh, pray yeah. on my own. I feel like I feel like um, I don't know what to really. I guess talk about because I feel like I go in so much. I guess asking for stuff. I don't know how to like. How to worship I guess God. Like, it feels like I'm just, you know, needlessly asking, asking, asking. And it's like, I'm, what am I really doing? Well, I mean, asking God actually in and of itself is is a form of worship, you know. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he actually, he actually loves when the servant asks of him. And by extension, you could say that it's not befitting of a servant of Allah not to ask Allah for anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very beautiful thing. So, And obviously, there has to be a balance between, you know, praising God and asking of God, um, but mm. there's nothing wrong with asking God. And I don't think, I mean, I don't know your life, right? but I don't think needlessly asking would be the right word. I don't think it's needless. I think it's pro- probably what you're asking for is very important or dear to you or important to you. Um, and I think that's very beautiful. And asking Allah is, will never be a bad thing so long as what you're asking for is good. And if it isn't, then God just won't give it to you. But prayers, we know that prayers and salah more specifically is like, basically the bridge between belief and disbelief and it's the thing and by the way salah actually linguistically linguistically the root word means like connection to connect that's what salah okay. means so mm-hmm. it's beautiful because you're one-on-one you're like connecting with god and as soon as you establish those you're going to have a type of solidarity in your religion because this is something that you do every single day five times a day from the very morning you wake up to you know the last thing you do before you mm-hmm. sleep at night that's beautiful, bro. I was also telling Dom a little bit of an, into the five pillars, but before we go into that, just to sum it up for the viewers right now, guys, smash the likes up on this video. Um, to recap, 
Dom, you've been put on Christianity. You know, you've been questioning things. Some things didn't add up. You know, you remember the fitra that I talked about? You want to explain yeah. to viewers what you remember from what I told you about the fitra? Yeah, it's like our kind of like natural, uh, like yearning to connect with God. Like it's like our natural consciousness and step with God. Yeah, it's, it's our default settings, you know, the programming that we were put on. And and that wants to seek for God. And by the way, as a Christian, bro, did you ever believe that Jesus was God? Did you ever believe that, you know, the Trinity or anything like that? Or maybe just believe in one God? So, like, that that was, like, another thing that just really, I guess, shook me, uh, like, about Christianity. Because it's like, uh, how can how can God, you know, be a man? You feel me? It's like so many times uh, Jesus, you know, when he was talking about God, he, he refers to him, you know, as God rather than as, you know, myself. Mm -hmm. So it's like, or like he would say like uh, my father, or uh, you know, this is my father's house, you know, God's house, um, not my house. You know, so like it's just weird that they take that dichotomy or uh, direction with it uh, to like say that they're, they're one being. It's just. It just never made sense to me. Another thing that never made sense, and like, uh, like the Holy Spirit, when you were telling me about the like the fitra, um, like, bro, that made way more sense than like that concept of like the Holy Spirit, because like, I guess like the concept of the Holy Spirit is supposed to be like almost like your fitra, like, like that's like your consciousness and like your connection like to God, like our voice, uh, with God. And kind like, of really you know, have that once you become Christian, but then it's like, if you're not Christian, then how do people know right from wrong? Still, it's like when you're four years old, you know it's wrong to you know go delete somebody, yeah. but you you don't have the Holy Spirit. So it's no, like, that's fact. See, see the the fitra is something correct. We've all been, you know, we have it since we're born. We we have it all the time. You know, in Islam, actually, the Holy Spirit we believe to be the angel Gabriel, bro. Jibreel salam. So Gabriel, you know the archangel Gabriel who comes and gives revelations to different messages and prophets, right? Yeah. It's something that's what we believe the Holy Spirit to be. That's what comes with revelation. But Christianity took itself as something almost idolized in of itself, an equal footing to the Trinity, but kind of inferior. I don't know, bro. It doesn't make sense to me. But with all that being said, do you want to kind of go a little bit more into, you know, once we did have that conversation, bro, um, I remember asking you too. I was like, "Bro, are you ready to become Muslim?" You didn't even hesitate. How did you feel right then, bro? I was like excited. Like I just felt it bubbling up for me, and it's like uh, when we sat down and did it. Like I was telling you, bro. Like I just like I, like how I am now. I just couldn't stop smiling, bro. I just had a big grin on my face. Like I just felt like warm inside. I could feel like the presence of Allah, and I just felt like just happiness, just complete joy. It was like something like it was like it's like been something I wanted like wanted to do because it's like I feel like I, I guess I've always known in my heart it was the right thing to do, and yeah. it's like so like once that action was completed it just broke it felt complete. Hundred percent, bro. And and how did you feel also knowing when I walked you through the process? I was like, bro, you don't have to pay any money, right? Because the, there's no like shahada, there's no paperwork, there's no contract, right? How did you feel that you didn't have to go to an organized institution or anything like that? How did you feel you could just do it where you are? It's just between you and Allah, and you just have to testify one thing, bro. It's like a almost like a burden off my shoulders because it's like. To be honest, I, I that was like one of the things I was like uh, worried about because I, I thought I would have to like to do something like along those lines, uh, like find like a mosque or something. And it was uh, 
to be honest, it's, it's really intimidating because I like, I wasn't sure like for like one where to go. Um, like I don't know, you know, any uh, people in my city that are, are, are Muslim, so it's like I wouldn't know anybody going to the mosque. Uh, for Fair one, enough. and for two, it's like I don't I don't speak Arabic, so yeah. it's like trying to go there as a just English speaker. I I was just too intimidated, so it's like uh, when you mentioned that, like we can just do it here right now. I was just like, oh, cool. That's facts, yeah. and we did it in English and Arabic, right? Just to just so you really internalize, we did the transliteration and the translation. I want to ask a question to Brother Anho before we go back to Dom. Anho, how was your journey with the Shahada itself when you found out it doesn't have to be something super formal or organized or publicized? You know, how did you find out knowing it could be done in like five seconds, ten seconds with the sincerity and it's simple? It was beautiful, man. You did it for me, remember? Yeah, we did it together. I still remember, bro. Yeah. It was about a year and a half ago. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And, bro, since then, you know, you look at Anho, you look at Brother Dom. I make dua that Allah makes it easy for all these reverts. And, guys, just keep keep being sincere with your duas. Me and Brother Rami, we were kind of born into Islam, right? But we, we found Islam later in our life. Um, But I think it's all the same, bro, at the end of the day. When you know, you know, bro. And, Dom... That brings me to my next question. Once you became Muslim, you know, I was talking to you about the five pillars a little bit, right? So do you want to, you know, and there's no wrong answer here, bro. You've only been Muslim for two, three days. Why don't you tell me what you remember about the five pillars and if you remember the order of importance? Sure. So uh, the first ones, uh, like your Shahada. Uh, the second one, I believe, uh, was the prayers. Yes. Uh, the third was um, uh, giving the two point five percent. Uh that's that's the fourth one. Very close. The third one third is one, something. Uh, else. It's also once a year. Oh, uh, uh, I know it. Come on. There you go. Uh, oh. Uh, Fast for Ramadan. There we go, boy. That's it. Fasting for Ramadan, number three. Number four, you said the zakat, paying the 2.5% of your extra excessive saved wealth that is unused portion every single year, once a year. And what is the fifth one, bro? Uh, visit Mecca. Visit Mecca. Go to Hajj. If you are able to, if you can support it once in your life, minimum. And if you can't, you can't, bro. But Allah knows best. So... To recap it, you know, I told you a little bit about the importance and I told you, you know, the Shahada is the most important thing, right? This is something we have 24-7. Now, when we talked about the prayers, you know, we talked about the importance of praying, you know, as Muslims, we don't just have to believe, we also have to do good action, right? But ultimately, once you do good action, you do as much as you can. And at the end, it's up to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we go to heaven and not, right? Now... You had some questions about prayer, right? I remember even before our phone call that night, you DM me. You were like, I want to know how to worship Allah the correct way, right? And I was telling you how in different religions, different faiths, you have different ways of worshiping God that they believe to be correct and true. And I remember I made this analogy to you, bro. I said, Dom, how do you, as let's say Dominic, how do you prefer to be contacted? If I was to ask you. Hey, just text a phone call. Just text a phone call, right? And I and I asked you, bro, what if I fax you? <laughs> I don't got a fax machine. You don't even have a fax machine, bro. So it's kind of counterproductive. Do you see what I mean? 
So right. wouldn't we want to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to be worshipped? Or should we decide as human beings how we want to worship Allah? We got to follow what Allah says and how he says we should worship. Of course, fair enough, right? Beautiful. So Rami, why don't you talk a little bit about salah, about prayer, and how we should worship Allah the way Allah deserves and needs to be worshipped, not us. And when I say need, not in a way that Allah needs it, but the only correct valid way. Yeah, so Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. I discussed what salah is and, and what prayer was Islamically a little while ago. So just to recap quickly, salah is a connection. That's what it means, to connect. And this act of worship was something that Allah gave to the Prophet directly. So everything else came through the angel Gabriel, who was mentioned before. Every verse from the Quran, certain revelation, the angel would bring it. But on this certain occasion uh the prophet peace be upon him he was actually blessed with the you know this what we call a night journey where he traveled and then he actually ascended into the heavens and this is where he actually spoke to allah and allah gave him the salah the connection right the prayer right then and there one-on-one -on -one. and this is a little sub note but salah originally was supposed to be i believe like praying 50 times a day or something like that I remember telling him that, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then Musa, Moses, peace be upon him, you know, when he came across Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi on his way down, he said, listen, I've been through this before. Your nation is not going to be able to handle that. He was thinking, you know, the children of Israel and what happened to them and what they ended up doing. He's like, your people are not going to handle that. Go back and ask Allah for a reduction. Mm. So this happened a few times until Allah reduced it to five. He didn't reduce the value of it. So if we pray, if we pray five, it's as if we prayed all 50. SubhanAllah, Allah didn't reduce it in its value, but He reduced it in its number as a mercy for us. Mm. So we have five. We have Fajr, which is in the morning before sunrise. We have Duhr, which is in the afternoon. Asr, which is like midday. Maghrib, which is sundown. And Isha, which is at night. These are the five obligatory prayers. Allah says, pray at these five times. And this is one of your bare minimum things you have to do. Mm. There's a few other that you mentioned, the five pillars of Islam. And then there's the, uh, you know, enjoining good and forbidding evil. If you believe in Allah and everything he says in the Quran, you enjoin good, forbid evil. You do, you do those, those five things that are obligatory. You will go to Jannah. That is what we believe as a Muslim. These things are like the bare minimum where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you his mercy if you do them. And there's a very beautiful narration. We call it a, a hadith qudsi, meaning that the Prophet, he starts by saying that Allah said this, right? So the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said that Allah the Most High had said that the most beloved acts of worship, the ones that I love the most, right? Fahd gave a very beautiful example of communication, right? The acts that Allah loves the most are those which he made obligatory. The ones he says you have to do them. We have to do them and Allah loves them so much. So look at that beautiful connection. And then he says, and then the servant, my slave, my servant continues to get closer and closer to me with voluntary acts of good, you know, the extra prayers that you do, or, you know, bringing your mom a cake from the bakery or flowers when you get back to be nice to her, or mm -hmm. giving extra in charity, all these good, beautiful things that you do, extra. Allah says that a person does these things more and more until Allah begins to love them. And then there's the rest of the hadith is beautiful, but I, I won't go on from there. But salah is like the pillar of all of that. Salah, your prayer, five daily prayers, is basically what I would say would like make or break your 
faith as a Muslim. It is the thing that will hold you from doing evil. And it is also the thing that will encourage you to do more good. And that's why Allah has prescribed it. Now we can go in depth into the movement and how they actually have, you know, physiological benefits and so on and so forth. But I think that might be a little too deep. So I'll pass it back to Fayyad, inshallah. Yeah, and definitely, bro, Dom, we can create like a group chat between the four of us among us. So, we, you know, Rami can definitely send you like a voice memo or like a video on how to, you know, praise Allah. Uh, like he's done with me, like he's done when I asked him, bro, there's a lot of reasons, you know, you know, you got to come through. I'm sure he's done the same thing with Anhel. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's all we're trying to do. It's not anything, you know, super difficult, bro. I told you it's simple, right? Um, but yes, enjoying good forbid evil, bro. That was a wonderful point. And Dom, do you want to tell the viewers if you remember this one thing I told you that if you have to sin as a Muslim, what is one thing you should try to avoid doing? Uh, bringing it like up, like uh, talking about it, spreading it. Yes, and doing it in front of other people, right? And doing it in public, right? We should do our best to limit it. So I already told you, bro. It's listen, and and I don't want I don't want the the khawarij after me, bro. Listen. As a Muslim, right, as a Muslim, we still sin. And a lot of people seem to forget that today, and they're too harsh. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned every son of Adam is a sinner. The best of sinners are those that repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the only one that can forgive us for our sins. So let's let's stop acting like, you know, we're, we're sinless, we're, we're perfect, we're angels. Listen, we're all going to sin. Of course, we pray to Allah to make it easy that we stop sinning, right? But if you have to sin... Try not to do it openly, right? We already talked about it. But in a step in the process of you doing these things, just like Rami said, salah, the prayer, the worshipping, this in and of itself is a shield from sinning and from evil and from filth, right? So remember, we need to do these things. What was the second thing I said, bro? When you sin, what do you follow it up? One more time. I said, do you remember the hadith I said of the Prophet? He said that when you sin, every time you sin, you follow it up with it. With prayer? With a good deed. Ah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So if you have to sin, you know, follow it up with a good deed. Now, we can talk a lot about the good deed, but I want to kind of take it back to you right now. Do you have any questions right now, aside from the prayer, which we will mention to you, we will get it sorted out. These could be any questions you had, bro. Anything like that's always been on your mind. Anything you wanted to ask about Islam. Anything that you're a little uncertain about. Um, to be honest, uh, really, uh, it's just more of looking for, uh, like resources. Um, Got so I was going to like ask you guys about, uh, recommendations for like, uh, I guess books, uh, I can maybe like go to for like, more information, uh, or like, you know, like a devotional of Hadith or something like that, uh, as well as like what, uh, uh translation of the quran you guys uh, recommend perfect and rami right before you go on with with uh your beautiful answer to some of these questions i wanted to offer you bro and i'm not saying this bro publicly i would have done this anyway even if we didn't get you know do the stream but dom send me your addy bro we're gonna send you the translation of the quran that i recommend and inshallah rami can be with me but this one that i have right here the clear quran you know Anhal was, you know, telling me a lot about this and how there's many translations of the Quran because there's there's different translators, but this one one was the most succinct one. It was the most simple one. It was the most efficient one and effective one. So God willing, we're gonna. But Rami, bro, take it away. How can he seek knowledge? 
So seeking knowledge is, is one of the obligation in, in Islam, right? So it's one of the things you have to do. So I'm, I'm happy, alhamdulillah, that uh, you're already on that, that wave. So to seek knowledge, I'd say the most important thing that you can do is actually find a teacher. Find someone, a sheikh, a leader of a masjid, or just a brother with more knowledge than you who will teach you not just you know, the, the truth of Islam and what you should and shouldn't do and what's halal and haram, but, you know, teach you Islamic etiquette and mannerisms and all of that. Things that the Prophet, peace be upon him, really emphasized and practiced in his life. Um, you know, there were some of the greatest scholars back, you know, when Islam was just spreading. Um, like Imam Shafi, Imam Malik, rahimahumullah. These, these great, like, giants in Islam, these scholars in Islam. You know, when they were younger and they would learn from their teachers. One of them actually went back to his mother. And she asked, like, what did you learn? And then he was telling her about what, what he learned. And she was like, okay, go back. You're not done. Go back and learn more. And the reason is not because he had a lack of, of intellect, but it was because he didn't learn the mannerisms that come with Islam. And that's what his mom realized. So he sent her back. So there are books, definitely. And we can, I'll send you a few offline, inshallah, about, you know, the seerah, the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him, about Islamic etiquette, about... Uh, you know, the basics of what what you should and shouldn't do, but the basics of how to pray and the basics of belief and all these things are beautiful. But I'd say the most important thing is that you read the Quran, just like Brother uh, Fayyad mentioned. This will, and it is a translation, uh, so you're not going to get the full exact, you know, word for word, but you will get a good understanding of what Allah right. wants. If you read this, it's basically as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking to you. So, Read the Quran, connect with it. It will spiritually enlighten you. And then inshallah, offline, you know, we'll, we'll talk about where to go from there in terms of resources and stuff. But I think finding a teacher, it might be a bit of an unconventional answer, but finding a teacher is one of the most important things you could do as a Muslim. Okay. Mm. Yeah, bro. And, and I just want to be the first one to say, listen, I don't, and, and I say this perhaps in a way of, you know, being grateful for it. Like, alhamdulillah, me and Rami might have had it a bit easier. You know, maybe perhaps we look Muslim upon first glance to many people. And so we might not get ostracized. But I just want to, you know, a moment of, of, of reverence and even, you know, praising a lot of these reverts that go through ostracized. Right? Let's say they pull up with tattoos. You know, for example, you know, the reason I say this is because tattoos are a sin in Islam. Right. But maybe a lot of people are Muslim and they don't realize that perhaps this brother wasn't born Muslim. Perhaps for a Muslim, there is no Sharia, there is no halal and haram, right? So for the non-Muslim, he perhaps got these tattoos or all these spirit things, and maybe he, he he did all these things unknowingly, right? And remember what I told you, right? When you become Muslim, what does Allah do with all your sins? He washes them away. Exactly, all of your sins are erased, right? But some mm -hmm. of the Muslims, bro, some of the brothers and sisters, they be acting like repentance and forgiveness isn't a thing. So they forget that sometimes they get a little too headstrong, right? They might give you some glances. They might give you some stares. And this does happen to a lot of reverts, right? But understand this isn't about the individuals in the masjid. Yes, they're valuable because we should pray together, right? Congregational prayer is better than praying by yourself. However, however, the most important thing to understand is Allah has forgiven you, bro. So it doesn't matter how you might look. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. It matters where you're headed. So when you go to the masjid, it doesn't matter, bro, if people are pulling up in tattoos or whatever. You know, um, a lot of people think you have to get them removed. No, bro, you don't have to get them removed. Should you now glorify them and boast about them and talk highly about them and influence more people to get it? No, 
right? That's not what I'm saying. But we shouldn't be embarrassed of going to the masjid. So when you find the masjid near you, right, make sure you find the proper masjid, right? You don't want to go to an Ahmadi masjid or a Nation of Islam type of mosque or anything like that, right? Just a proper, right. you know, following true Islam. And when you go to the masjid, bro, you know, talk to the imam, be like, I'm a revert, you know, I want to learn and you can do that stuff. But again, one of the first and foremost things I would recommend is reading the Quran, the English translation of the Quran. Very simple, bro, very succinct. And I wanted Anhal to kind of go a little bit into that because there's some valuable things that Anhal has shared with me about, you know, how you don't want to read too much, uh, more than you can handle. You want to take your pace with it. So why don't you uh, talk about that, Anhal? About the the Quran or about what yeah, I would the Quran and how do you know pace yourself? Um, yeah, bro. So first time I read the Quran, I tried reading way too much at first. Um, of course, you know, like whatever you're gonna get from it, you're gonna get from it. But if you just take your time with it, um, there's no finish line. You know, you could take years to finish the Quran. It's Allah knows best your intention. If you even if you read only like one sentence, one ayah a day, that's perfectly fine. Just read that one sentence, reflect on it, and go from there. Because that if you spend a day reflecting on this one sentence, it's better than if you read the entire Quran without reflecting on any of it, bro. Mm. Yeah. And um, you know, some days you'll feel like you can read more, so by all means read more, you know. The the key is to not make it difficult for yourself because Islam is meant to be easy for you. It's not meant to be difficult for you. Right. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, I don't, we aren't on this topic here, but I, I really wanted to say this because it's, it's on my mind right now. And it's on two things that I, I wish I would have done myself when I came into Islam. Number one is just really take things as slow as possible. Like, people are going to try, like, getting your contact information, giving you all this stuff to, like, look into, read this, um, talk to this person over here, watch this video over here, and, like, look, that's cool and all. They probably have the best of intentions. But it's very easy to become overwhelmed with all the information. Like, bro, we could spend our entire life studying Islam. We will never know 100% everything about Islam. We will never. They have different fields of study if you actually choose to go into studying Islam, to be like a, a scholar of Islam, like they have different fields of study and you could spend your entire life and you might not even finish one field of the studies. So again, take it as slow as you need and don't, don't rush the process, man. Cause Allah, he, he prefers that we do something, even if it's like this tiny, but consistently every single day, because it, it brings us, closer to Allah, brings us closer to uh, just being in that grounded place, that peace. And then the last thing that I would recommend to you, bro, that I wish, honestly, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I would have done this from the beginning, is keep a notebook. And you know how people journal, right? Yeah. Yeah, so keep this notebook and start journaling your experience as a Muslim day by day. Because there are so many different stages and there are so many different um, moments of growth that happen that, bro, like when I look back, I actually can't recall a lot of them, but a lot of them were really, really impactful. And I wish I would have just wrote them down. 
You know, like there's one thing that hit me a long time ago where, you know, I, I love the prayer, right? I, I love that we do the five prayers and ask Fayyad, ask Rami, ask anyone who knows me personally. Like I take my time with the prayers. And I do this because I feel very grounded, very present and very close to the creator when I do this. Now, this has led me to have moments where I feel like I'm not sinning. But it's like Fayyad said, we are, we're all sinners. And if you ever think that you're not sinning, well, you're already at fault because that just means you're not aware of something that you're doing that is uh, harming yourself or harming someone else. And something that I realized during the prayer is like, not even me realizing, Allah made me realize like, damn, like sometimes I do things and it's not till I look back on it where I see like, ah, I actually harmed myself in this moment. I actually did this person wrong and I didn't even realize it. So now when I ask Allah for forgiveness, I don't just ask for forgiveness of what I've done, but for the things that I'm not even aware that I did. So that right there, that's a realization that I had that Allah made me realize. And of course I remember this one, but there are so many other ones that I had that I don't remember because I didn't write it down. So do yourself a favor, pick up a notebook or use your iPhone notes and just every day, just kind of like write down uh, I don't know, whatever is most, like, impactful for you as a Muslim that day, bro. Mm-hmm. Habibi, bro, that was deep. I wanted to, you know, highlight that that key point that you mentioned earlier on her, that the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned the best of deeds are those that are small but consistent. So similarly, when you do very small deeds but consistently and you build yourself up, you you do it in steps, right? You you do it when you you pace yourself. You don't take on too much more than you can do. Similarly, the sins that you're doing, right? Sometimes we can't quit sins cold turkey. Isn't that, isn't that right on her? And and I don't say this to undermine our willpower or our our you know courage and zeal as Muslims. That's not what I'm trying to do. But being honest, bro, you know, sometimes let's say some people are alcoholics, bro. Some people are addicted to things that they can't just leave overnight and they might cause more harm than good. I'm not saying you should do these things. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, similarly, you know, you want to leave the sins. You want to pray to Allah. You want to make dua to Allah to make it easy, right? But it's realistically, it might not happen overnight for a lot of people. And that's okay. But in Islam, when it comes to one thing that you were mentioning, you know, being to, let's say, watching women, right? That's one thing. Islam, Allah doesn't shame us as men for having these desires. And I told you that on the phone call. Do you want to get a little bit into what you remember me telling you about how in Islam, sexuality is not something taboo? Yeah. Yeah. You remember, bro? Yeah. Yeah, you saying like um, how uh, like with uh, with men, it's like, it's like part of our instinct, you feel me, to uh, like repopulate and that kind of thing, and then like you're also explaining like uh, like the situation like with uh, like uh, wives and that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. So one thing I did want to leave you with before we wrap the stream is in Islam, you know, it's not a bad thing to accept and understand that as men and as women we have desires. Therefore, the Prophet Sallallahu Prophet peace be upon him, he would encourage us, O Shabab. The youth, you know, get married as early as you can when you have the ability to get married. Now, this ability to get married, now, I, I, I remember also telling you this too, bro. You remember this 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 marriage in the eyes of Allah, the institutional marriage, 
is different than the Western marriage. Do you want to, you know, tell us something that you remember me saying? Uh, so, like, for example, um, like, when you picture a Western marriage, you think, you know, like, a big old wedding, you know, like, a hundred people and you know, all these gifts and the cake and everybody in, in suits and all that kind of thing. And, like, when you were breaking down, like, uh, like, an Islamic marriage, it's, uh, it's literally just, like, the union of two people, it doesn't need to be that. It's, you know, the man asks the father of the, the girl he wants to marry if it's okay. You need a witness, provide the gift, and... That's it. Simple. Minimum of two, two male And see, the Islamic marriage, and I want to quickly wrap this up, bro, is it's different than the, the Western marriage that you were talking about, correct? You know, people saving six months of salary on a ring, dropping 400K on a wedding. I've seen it all, bro. Also, some mentioned, you know, the, the, the lowest, you know, financially invested weddings are the best. And, and you know, we should, we should keep for the intention of unionizing people like you mentioned, right? But I just touch on the point that it's not some big event that, that makes you nervous or anything like that. It's a very simple thing is to make two people halal or permissible for one another, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. So I wanted to not just say, hey, man, now that you're Muslim, you can't be looking at these haram things on your phone and doing, you know, haram things with yourself and having, you know, promiscuous intimacy with random girls. And I'm not going to just leave you with that. I do want to offer you the suggestion, right, that, you know, once you, you know, spend a little bit of time, you know, a few months of just understanding the basics as a Muslim, bro, and you feel confident as a Muslim, right, understand that marriage isn't some huge, you know, pristine thing that they portray it as in the media and the movies and Hollywood, right? In in Islam, can you have a big celebration? Yes, it's the sunnah. Sunnah is something we should do emulating the Prophet right? So, you know, it's not something we can't do. Of course, you can have a good night, right? You can invite people, you can have a celebration, right? But the marriage itself is separate from the wedding. The marriage itself, we call it nikah, N-I-K-A-H, right? And it's a ceremony that you just do between two people. And it's it's simple, bro. And I invite you to, uh, when you feel ready, bro, definitely just just look into marriage, bro, and get it done, bro. Yeah, no rush, though. Bro. No rush, though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, you know, it, you know, it's not something where, like, you know, in Christianity, you want to devote yourself to God and be a priest or anything. You can't have intimacy. And it's nothing like that, bro. All right. Any other questions, bro? Any any last minute things you want to ask? Um, at this point, I can't even think of anything, bro. Like you guys are so informative and so so good at what you guys are doing, bro. May Allah make us as you see us, bro. We're listen. It's it's we're flawed, bro. We're sinners, and and it's the coolness of your eyes that see us as what you mentioned us to be, bro. But guys, smash the like button if you made it this far for more streams like this. Make dua for brother Don and all of those that are either reverts or a couple months into the reversion, or they're even not reverted yet, they're thinking about reverting and accepting Islam, make dua that Allah makes it easy for them. And Dom, bro, after you became Muslim, if you were talking to someone, let's say, or even your, your old self, what would you tell them if you could give them one word of advice or to anyone right now that's considering accepting Islam? Bro, just uh, follow that natural feature, bro. If you, if you feel that, like, feeling in your heart uh, that there's, you know, something more and that you need to come to 
Allah just follow that and you're gonna feel the truth and you're gonna feel the power that Allah has. MashaAllah. Yeah. That's that's amazing, bro. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. All right, guys. Let us know what you guys thought about this stream in the comments down below. Smash the like button. Rami, we are definitely going to make a four-man group chat with Brother Dom. Should be very easy because he has an iPhone too, so we don't need to make WhatsApp, bro. I don't know why, but WhatsApp just seems so much more work than, than Android, <laughs> than uh, iMessage. But, you know, you got Brother Anhel over here who's, who's using WhatsApp a lot lately, so I don't know, bro. We'll see. But why don't you do your thing, bro? All right. Inshallah. Uh, before we do end off, there was one more thing that I talked about earlier. Uh, sure. I don't know. Maybe it's an OCD thing. I feel like I need to mention it. No, no, no. It. Do it, bro. Do it. So, Allah SWT begins the Quran with, you know, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. I want to talk about that, that point, ar-Rahim, because uh, it ties into what we were talking about before. Rahim is the one who gives his mercy to people who specifically go out of their way to see it. So um, Rahman is basically the one who gives everyone mercy just because, you know, they're his creation. For example, Allah gives everyone water, the ability to, to breathe air on his earth and, and eat and feel contentment and feel, you know, happy once in a while or maybe even most of their lives. That's Allah being a Rahman, just granting it because it's his creation, you know, living in this test of this world. But Ar-Rahim is special. Rahim is, you, you get this special mercy because you go out of your way to work for it. And I think that's something that's really important for us to remember in life, that as Muslims, we're not entitled to anything. And that to achieve the mercy from Allah, and that Jannah even, inshallah, we have to seek out Ar-Rahim, the one who gives special mercy to those who seek it out. And that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa kina adab nar Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam. Let's end this.